Let's begin with a word of prayer. Thank you, Lord, that we can be here tonight. Thank you, Lord, that we can learn to trust and obey. It sounds so simple, and I suppose it is, but we certainly make it more difficult. Help us, Lord, to have the faith of a child, that simple faith that says, God said it, and I believe it, and I'm going to follow it, knowing that you know what is best. Lord, help us with this matter of simple faith and obedience. And I pray that we would put you first in all things, in our lives, in our priorities, our focus, our families, and our finances. Lord, may you in all things have the preeminence. We pray your blessing on tonight. We pray for those who can't be here because of sickness, uh, those who are live streaming. Lord, would you bless them? And uh, Lord, we pray for uh, those who have some serious health needs. And, and we lift up to you, our brother Kevin, uh, that you would help him. Uh, Lord, we pray for the Steindorfs, that you'd ha have your hand upon them. And uh, just, uh, just give peace and give healing, we pray. Uh, bless, Lord, now as we look to your word. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Good to have each of you here. This is our Sunday evening life group session. Sometimes we'll have a Sunday evening service with everybody in here. Uh, you just never know what we're going to do. Uh, but uh, the life groups are spread out throughout the building. Teens are down the hall. Kids at patch clubs are down the hall. And I think the uh, pursuit life group, the young adults, are off-site tonight. And we're here. So if you've not been involved in this before, this is a time where we seek to break down the morning message. And we didn't do this last Sunday. Uh, what happened last Sunday? Oh, potluck and praise. Potluck and praise. Uh, so uh, we did not do this last Sunday. So we can really break down the last two uh, uh, Sundays, if you'd like. But the, the idea of Sunday evening is that we would uh, give... Uh, further opportunity for the Lord to use His Word. So many times we hear a message and rush off and we lose it. And uh, the, the goal of Sunday night has been that we would regurgitate, okay, seek to continue to apply that which we've heard and, and uh, to make sure that we are putting feet uh, to what we are hearing. Uh, the Bible says to be doers of the Word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. So uh, by God's grace, I trust that we will do exactly that. Last week, we looked at the matter of tithing and the principle of the first fruits and uh, defined that a little bit. And uh, I know that that's not necessarily a, to a topic that's popular, preaching on tithing, uh, but I believe it's an important topic. And when you look at the Word of God, all that is hanging in the balance uh, concerning uh, him having the first place, even in our finances, and having the first fruits, we don't want to miss out on, on that or get that wrong. And then this morning, we didn't look at tithing per se, we just looked at finances in general as we are seeking to put him first in every aspect of our finances. Uh, so a couple of verses here. Uh, we looked at Malachi last week, where he says, "'Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house.'" And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. I don't know about you, but I, I aim to, to do what he's telling me to do there, to prove. I want to prove him 
in this regard and see what God will do. And I tell you, um, my family and I have certainly seen God's blessing in so many ways that uh, can only be of Him. Um, he's always taking care of us financially. We have never lacked. And I, I can only say to God be the glory. Um, as we looked at this morning, <clears throat> I just started in Deuteronomy. It did not really uh, get into it in depth. N none of the verses this morning were, we, did we look at in depth. Uh, but this morning we looked at the matter of forgetfulness. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments. And in verse 12, Lest when thou hast eaten and art full, and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, when your herds and flocks multiply, silver and gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, and thy heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God which brought thee forth. And skip down to verse 17. And say in thine heart, my power and the might of my hand hath gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he sware unto thy fathers, as it is th this day. God does not want us to be forgetful concerning who, who has blessed, who has protected, who has provided, and who we're continuing to seek in these days. Oh, got to get the notes on. Okay, thanks, John. <laughs> Appreciate that. So um, we, we looked at a lot of verses this morning, and I, I know I felt like it was probably too many, but I wanted to give us uh, a, a big scope uh, to deal with. And I've got several, several questions that I've put in my notes. How many do I have here? 17. 17, okay, from this morning and last week, all right? But I don't have to get to any of mine if you guys have your own, and there's been plenty of Sunday nights we've not gotten to a single one of my questions. So let's start it off. Is there something that you want to say right out of the gate uh, from, well, let's start with last week, uh, from last week's message on tithing? Uh, anything, any question or anything at all? Yes, sir. Uh, I have a question. It's a practical question, but um, so the church has the three funds, the the main fund, Faith Promise, and the uh, Family uh, Ministry Center. Um, so let's say that um, I inherit a million dollars and I want to tie the $100,000. Can I choose to give it to the Ministry Center or should I just be giving that as a tithe to the main church fund? Lord bless you, brother. <laughs> By the way, just in advance. That's a <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is hypothetical? Oh, oh, bummer. Okay. Uh, so the, the tithe, I've, I've always believed that a tithe, uh, since it is the Lord's and we're just bringing it back, I'm not really giving it, I'm bringing it. And that was part of last week's message as well. The tithe is brought. That's the word used, I think, 35 times in the Old Testament. I forgot to bring those notes. I've got uh, only this morning's notes. Um, you bring a tithe, you give an offering. Uh, so therefore, I've always encouraged folks, don't designate your tithe. It's, it's really not yours to give. It, you're just bringing it back. Now, there's been some good questions that have come up with folks who have had huge tithes. Um, you inherit a million dollars. You want to tithe $100,000. Uh, that kind of dwarf the general fund, right? Um, uh, or there have been, like in my dad's old church, farmers who tithed 
every harvest. And there was, depending on the crop, I think it was like two harvests a year. And so there's two tithes a year, and they were, they were huge for these guys. Uh, and many times they would want to designate their tithe. It's hard to not designate a really big gift. But the deal is, nobody else is doing that. The guys who are tithing every week, they're not designating. And we always have to, with anything in, in the church, you need to ask, is what I'm doing what I would appreciate if everybody else did it? You know, uh, nobody cares if I do this. Well, what if everybody did that? You know, where would this go? And not just that, but is it the most biblical way to do this? So I've always encouraged people, even on a big gift, to bring it without strings attached. There is a caveat, though. Uh, you could certainly submit a note uh, in, with your check that says, hey, this is my tithe. Uh, if this is, if the, the church leadership deems that this is not needed for the general fund expenses and so forth, I would love to see any, as much or all, go toward this specific project that I have a burden for. That's not a designation. That is a, a desire. Uh, that, the, you know, the deacons would look at that and pastors, we would look at that and we'd say, okay, hey, so our general fund is doing great and the giving is great and we've got $100,000 for the general fund. We don't need $100,000 in the general fund. We can move to someplace else. They have indicated they'd love to have this go toward the gym and we would talk about that and very likely uh, we would probably go that direction with it. Um, also, um, uh, I, I was talking to... Uh, one of the financial guys through the Building God's Way group, um, who has been a, a great blessing to me, and he said uh, there was one fella who, at one of the churches, uh, was not tithing because he was a multimillionaire, and he felt if he tithed to the church, his tithe, well, he said his tithe, his tithe would be more than the general fund would receive in a year. One man's tithe would be more than the entire general fund, uh, more than the whole church is giving in a year. And so he said, I don't, I don't want the church to be dependent upon me. I don't want to dwarf the giving. And, and then they, they build out things and hire staff. And if I go someplace, I've effectively crippled this church. So he determined he couldn't tithe. And rather than tithe, he would give gifts wherever he deemed all over the world. And I'm sure God used them in great ways. Um, well, this pastor encouraged him to tithe to the church, but to, uh, to obviously his situation was very unique. And so they, he asked him, would you be willing to tithe your tithe uh, to the church? And we would put it in a, um, oh, he had a, he had a name for it. It was some kind of a, some kind of a, 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 a designated, mm, a trust. Maybe it was a trust. It, 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 was, it, it was something that they were going to then use as a church for various projects, church plants, missionary projects. Uh, he had a certain uh, foundation, ah, oh, boy. He had a name for it anyway. I don't remember what they called it. But uh, this fella, he, he, he liked that because he could tithe to his church like any other regular church-going member and yet not dwarf the general fund. And they were able to set up this new ministry that his, his, his tithe funded, and then they were able to fund church plants and building projects and so forth and so on out of, out of that. And uh, I thought that was a, a, neat, a neat way of, of, of approaching it, where he still is, is able to just bring the tithe, no strings attached. So 
Is that the answer to your question? Okay. Yeah, some kind of a clearinghouse thing. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, there's always questions about the, the, the tithe. And so if you have anything, yeah, please throw it out and let's, let's talk about that. Or anything at all, really. <laughs> that is a good practical question. Anything you guys have from last week? Again, last week to review, um, I believe the tithe and the first fruits go hand in glove. And so I want to just again reemphasize uh, tithing, if, if tithing is one-tenth, uh, tithing is the first tenth, not the last tenth. And that is why I also uh, am convinced that everybody can tithe. Because if you're tithing, you're giving the first tenth. You always have the first one. It's the ninth and tenth that seem to, where did they go? Where did they go? It's the end of the month. I'm, I'm short. Um, but if we're actually truly tithing biblically with the first fruits being the tithe, then everybody can tithe. Uh-oh, someone's got a phone? Okay. Yes, sir. So I appreciate how you are taking God's word literally when it says the tithe is the Lord. We can't give something that is someone else's. Right? So it's very the way the Holy Spirit inspired it to be written is bring it. Mm -hmm. It's God's. And in the, old, in the New Testament thinking, everything I am and everything I have belongs to God. Mm -hmm. Because I'm bought with a price. So I also appreciate that comment you had last week where you said, if we're thinking about New Testament, buddy, we're thinking everything belongs to God. Mm -hmm. You know, so give it all, right? Of course, you were saying that tongue-in-cheek, but if we're going by New Testament, we give everything to God because it's all His anyway, right? Right. <laughs> but He says, no, 10%. Right. right. And giving that 10% is the demonstration, in my opinion, that I do believe it's all His. It's the proof that I believe it's all His and that I'm trusting him with everything. Yes, sir. Maybe this is getting a little too technical, so I don't want it to be too technical, but let's say during your working years, you tithe off your gross pay. And you also have something going into a pension or an employer match. And hint, U of M, okay, kind of, not me, but because um, I didn't work at U of M, but then you retire. Okay, so you've tithed on all that money, if you tithe on the gross, some of the money, what about the employer match, and then it comes back to, okay, the first fruits of all nine increase. So you start drawing off that pension in retirement, all right, each month. How would you tithe or give off that? And again, maybe that's a question for a financial advisor, your tax person, um, but what, just your opinion on, all right, is, it is part of your increase, first fruits of all nine increase. Um, you've already tied off some maybe during your working years. So how would you give or what would you answer? So, I mean, I suppose if you're tithing off the gross during your working years, uh, then you, you're saying you're possibly tithing a second time on the same money is the question, right? Uh, so, yeah, uh, obviously, I don't think God wants us to nickel and dime the whole thing. But I, I, would, I would say um, 
if I'm receiving something, I'm probably going to tithe off of it. Uh, I, I'm not going to tell you you have to do that, but uh, if you've tithed off it once, you're probably good, right? But if, if I'm receiving something, I, I'm, I, I would want to continue to give the rest of my life. Um, so I don't know. Jason, you're wanting to say something? What's your receiving on that? So... I have my retirement at the U of M. <laughs> so I, there was a certain amount of money that in my years of working, I've been there 30 years, that I put into that retirement fund. And I've already tithed on that. But I did not tithe on all the money the University of Michigan put into there and that has subsequently grown as they've invested it. So that is what I would see as a, as far as a place to start. Yeah. It would be, if, I, if I'm looking to tie off that first fruit principle, yeah. it would be off of all of what the university gave me and was subsequently um, blossomed as they invested it. And yet you haven't received that yet. When I, I yes, when you retire. So I, that's another point. It's not increased until it has increased in your possession. So like sometimes uh, people get confused even like with the stock market, it goes up. I need to tithe on all this. That's unrealized gains. And a lot of us had those realized gains go through the floor the last couple of years. And then it goes back up, tithe on it again. I mean, God, I think he's just wanting us to, to, to do exactly what Jason's saying. As it's coming in, tithe on that uh, when it's realized, you know. But the other thing too, thank you, brother, because practical, practical questions is where we're living. Um, sometimes... Uh, people, sometimes we can, can really nickel and dime this thing and lose the spirit of it. So I would encourage you not to do that. Um, and I've, I've talked to folks who will say, well, I, I'm not tithing as much monetarily this week because I volunteered all, all day, uh, you know, Saturday in the work day. And, you know, if you average that out, you know, 20 bucks an hour or whatever, you know, that's about so much money. And so I'll take that off my tithe. And, I mean, if you want to go there, that's between you and the Lord. I, I, I would encourage you not to do that, okay? Um, that can get really hairy. And, and uh, I'm glad that God doesn't do that with me. I answered that prayer for him last, you know, Saturday. And, you know, then I did this and this. So I don't really need to answer that prayer today. And... Uh, with what measure ye meet or measure is what you expect to come back. So uh, I, I don't personally want to get too technical with it, but yet we need to know what we need to do for, that, that was a good question. Yours was not too technical at all. That was very practical. Um, but yeah, keep, try to keep the spirit of it, that, that God is increasing me, God is blessing me, and I want to uh, offer the first fruits back. Very good. Yes, sir. Kevin.
trust me, tithe me first, which you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. God comes first, then your other bills. Because he always provided for you, no matter what. When you had a situation come up, it's like, all right, Lord, you know my situation. This is what I have. Lord, what am I going to do to get through this week or through this mess? He's always provided. Always. Mm -hmm. No matter what. If you don't trust him, and you, you do it out of spitefulness, God don't want your time if you're just going to be rude about it. Right. He wants a cheerful giver. He wants it from your heart. Yeah. He wants it from your soul and he in obedience. Period. Do you trust him? Right. Right. And that's how I look at it as and it just some people it takes a little time for them to do that, but once you do it, I'm so glad it's when yeah. I do it. I know he provides for me no matter what. No Amen. Matter how bad things get, it he always comes. He will. Yes, sir. I read this illustration once about this giving and Maybe, maybe some of you all seen it or saw it as well. A father and a young daughter and a little girl had dime store pearl necklace, you know, cheap little pearl necklace, but she loved it. She loved it every night, Dad. One night, Daddy said, will you give me your pearl necklace? She didn't want to give up that necklace. <clears throat> Finally, she gave it to him. And he says, okay, I have something for you. And he gave her a real, authentic, uh -huh. genuine pearl necklace. And he says, uh -huh. that's how God is with us. He wants yeah. to see if we'll give up the cheap dime store stuff that we hold so mm -hmm. dear, but it's really not worth what a lot. So he can give us the true riches, mm -hmm. but we have to be willing to part with what we yeah. hold dear. Amen. To, to Amen. That's great. And that's a matter of faith. Can you give this up to the Lord, trusting, I don't know what he's got in store, but it's going to be okay. It's going to be more than okay. It's going to be good. Uh, it's, it's about faith. It really is. I had someone ask me once, uh, um, uh, now, now you don't tithe, Pastor. I said, no, I do. Why would you tithe? The church pays you. And then you give that back to the church after taxes? So this is, there's no way pastors would tithe. Yeah, pastors tithe. Well, then we got to do it a different way. We got to just lower your salary by whatever you would have tithed so then Uncle Sam doesn't get his, right? You guys following me? So because I tithe, Uncle Sam got more. Let's just, you know, work Uncle Sam out of it and have the church just give me a smaller salary and that was my tithe. And I say, we don't, we don't need to play these games. Uh, and furthermore, I wouldn't want the church to deduct just, you know, I, I want to make that decision and to see that go out every week, I, I do give online, okay? But it's still, it's a, it's a thing that I set up and I see it go out and I'm excited about that, a cheerful giver, you know? Uh, and as far as Uncle Sam, what did Jesus say about Uncle Sam? Well, not Uncle Sam, but he said, render to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God. You know, I, I'm, I am not above uh, giving the taxes, you know? Um, so there again, we just need to... to, to uh, to trust him on these things and, and let him uh, do it his way. Yeah, good, good feedback. Any other questions on tithing uh, or anything from last week? The first fruits. I didn't bring those notes with me. I did have some questions though. Yes. Hmm. 
Yeah, the blessing of God versus the cursing of God. Or the, the New Testament w- version is the chastening of God. <laughs> we don't like the word curse. But hey, it's the, the, that's in there. Um, yeah, it, it's something to, 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 to not take lightly, right? Mm. You know, I think I can relate to that. I have not always given um, when I was when I was especially in the early years and things were tight, I would get behind in my tithing, which you know, tithe is the first fruits. And then you, you have that, write that makeup check and you're just like gut punch, you know, oh, you know, uh, you know, by the way, it's not nearly as much of a gut punch if you write it first, <laughs> but um, uh, where was I going with that? Oh yeah, just, I, 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 I did sense the Lord's blessing when we were putting him first. And there are times where you feel like you're on the backside of a desert. And it's like, oh yeah, well maybe this is related. Uh, you know, I have not been putting him first in this, re- in this regard. I have a question for those in this room who are tithers. And if you're not a tither, I don't know who is and who isn't. Okay, that's between you and the Lord. I don't go figure that stuff out. But a question for all of the tithers here is this. Have you ever regretted tithing? And if so, I'd like to hear, I'd like to hear about it. Is there anyone, no regrets, not at all? Have you ever regretted tithing, ever? Oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> now that's a testimony right there to the Lord uh, and to his faithfulness. Uh, there's no regrets now, I can turn that around, and I'm not going to do that because I don't want to put anybody on, on, anybody on the spot. But I would venture to guess that several of us could say we've regretted not tithing. Uh, and I can say I have. I have most certainly regretted not tithing. And uh, I, I definitely believe that it is biblical and God blesses. Um. So someone already mentioned the curse. Megan did. Uh, we believe that God blesses people today. We have no problem saying that. Do you believe God blesses people today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we believe God curses people today? Hmm? Well, if we believe the one, how do you not believe the other? It's two sides of the same coin. So let's remember that. Uh, what are some ideas that you've heard or maybe struggled with yourself that would maybe hinder or keep one from, st- from, from tithing? Ideas, philosophies, things that, that might be a hindrance to tithing that you've heard or grappled with. Anything come to mind? Yes? A friend of mine at the church I used to go to um, came to me and a friend of mine we were talking about this issue and he just said, I can't tithe because I love the Lord with all my heart. I just can't do it. I'm $500 in bread every month. I can't do it. And, and then we were able to share our stories where everybody seems to come into that scenario at one point in their life where their obligations are more than their income. Maybe they're laid off and the best job they could get was 80% of their obligations. You know? um, and we pointed it back to that verse. Prove God. Amen. We, he said, we can't do anything about it. We can't promise, but God can promise. Yeah. He did. And he was like, well, I'm going to hold you to it. I said, why do that? Who am I? 
Mm -hmm. right? Hold God to it. Yeah. Like God's word said. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I guess if I really believe God can do anything, I'll put the rubber to the road. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> that made me think of um, there's a doctor that I follow, and he is uh, into this certain diet, and it's very expensive. Very expensive. And I'm not on the diet. Okay, but I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. And so I follow this guy a little bit. He has some neat things that he says. He swears by this diet. And uh, he put out a post, and there's all these questions and comments that come in after his post. And so I'm looking at these. And the one guy says, what if I can't, you know, what if I don't have enough income for this diet? Well, first of all, he said, uh, what if I can't afford the diet? And the doctor says, you can't afford not to have the diet. And I, you see a parallel where I'm going here. And then he says, well, what if I don't have enough income? The doctor wrote back, get more income. <laughs> In other words, uh, this has to happen. You need this, right? Um, and I, I, but I thought of it in terms of this. You know, what if I can't afford to tithe? Well, you can't afford not to. What if I don't have enough income? Well, basically, what do you say? Get more income. That's not the answer here. The answer is, we got to fix the problem. We, got, we have to put some things in line. We need to rearrange some priorities. We need to reassess how our spending relates to our income. But, but this has to happen. has to happen for spiritual health. And I thought, you know, here's this doctor trying to help people with their physical health, and that's great. But how much more important is the, the whole uh, spiritual health uh, of each one of us? The bottom line is, uh, God gave us his best. He gave us his first. He gave us Jesus Christ. We need to give him our first and best. And we cannot truly say that Christ is at the center without that re being reflected in our finances and in our giving. Let's go now, with the time we have left, to this week's message. And let me just say before we do, I know that tithing is a huge step of faith for some because of the situation that they're in financially. I do understand if you're not in debt, if your finances are in order, tithing is simpler. I get, I'll give you that. There are some folks I've counseled, they've got, literally, I've had some people lay everything out and I've been so overwhelmed, I'm like, oh my word, they really can't tithe. And I, I have to stop, I can't say that. But I'm thinking, I found the one, I found the first person who actually can't tithe. They're sitting right here looking at me. No, I don't say that. But I'm overwhelmed for them. So I recognize now, that person can tithe, but they're going to need some miracles. They're going to need a lot of help. Uh, so I don't want to be, I'm not trying to be insensitive to anyone where they're at, any of your, your, your financial stressors that you're dealing with, and, and I want to come alongside you and offer help and encouragement and resources. There, there is much help. So please see me. Don't just hide in the shadows. I'm the bad church member who doesn't tithe and whatever. Yes. I know I gave a testimony already during the Apollo praise that you know, I was 19 when I got saved. And it was later that same year that, and after I prayed and asked the Lord for direction, I didn't know what to give. I didn't, I never heard a message on tithing. And that night he preached, Pastor preached on tithing, and it was like the Lord answered my prayer and gave me direction. And I, I I've, I've never not tithed since that time. And Amen. It's been a joy, I can honestly say. But if somebody had said, Jesus, you're in college, you've got your apartment, you're working full-time, you're trying to go to school full-time. You know, it's probably okay to just give as much as you can, 
I think I would have been hurt by that mm. spiritually because, you know, here's the thing I faced, and it wasn't related to money, but it was related to that same principle, who gets first. Mm. And I will never forget the first day of the actual nursing program I was in. And um, some of you have been around, you've heard me tell the story before, but I'll never forget it. Sister Judy, in a nun, who was uh, the, um, the director of that program, and she said, all right, I want you all to listen up. She said, because tonight you're going to get on your, your knees and you're going to talk to your spouses and you're going to tell your spouse you're now number two in my life. Number one is this nursing program. <laughs> you're going to talk to your employer and say everything needs to work around this program. And you're going to get on your knees before God. She's a nun. <laughs> you're going to get on your knees before God, and you're going to tell God he is now number two in your life. Number one is this nurse program. She says, raise your Sister hand if you have a problem with that. And I'm sweating it, and I raise my hand. I'm like, you really, she didn't really want anybody to raise her hand. I'm sure nobody ever had in all the years she'd given that speech. But I raised my hand, and I said, number one has to be God. He's my savior and my redeemer, right? right. And number two... I, I have to work to pay for this program. <laughs> number three, I've got family responsibilities, but I want you to know that number four is a very high number for this program. <laughs> and she said, you will not be successful. You will not pass this program. And I said, well, then it's not the Lord's will for me to finish it, because that has to be my priorities. Huh. And I graduated with honors, top of my class, and um, I really, I'm of average intelligence. <laughs> just, the Lord came alongside and helped me. <laughs> because there were days I was determined to be here. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night calling. I wanted to be part of what was going on in the local church. And it was such a blessing. And it was that first group principle that I learned and yielded to related to tithing. That then translated into these other areas of my life. Amen. I just have no regret. That, that principle was taught to me, even though it was a hard time in my life to take that, it was the right thing for me to take and embrace, and it applied to other areas, and this does. Amen. That's huge. Yes. Yes, please. Um, is tithing is strictly financial, or is it from all the goods that you have? The reason I'm asking this, I grew up in a family of eight kids, and my dad only worked, so he always did the tithing, but my mom felt that she had to do her part, so when she would cook a meal, she would always take the first part and give it to me. Wow, that's and great. I always looked at it like, Mom, it's not money, but she said, it's God's, because he provided for us, and I cannot do money, but I can do this. So is that, a, I guess it is, but. Well, I think it's beautiful what she, what she did there, and I'm all tangled up. Hang on. There we go. Not sure how that happened. Uh, I think that's tremendous. Um, you know, just following the biblical example, they tithed off of their, their fields. They tithed off of uh, their herds. They tithed off of basically their commodities. And, and you know, we today, we don't, we don't have fields, generally speaking, you know. Uh, but if you had a field, you could you could do that very thing and, and, and tie the, the tomatoes and so forth. But, you know, I, I'm not saying that you have to do it that way. Today, I believe we are such a monetary, we're a monetary system, you know, uh, and our increase, generally speaking, is, is monetary. But I think God honors the heart of that. And that's where, again, I would, I would leave people to the Lord to let him lead them on those specifics. Um, where I think the heart Here's, here's the only caution I would give. Sometimes our heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. 
The Bible says, who can know it? Did I say sometimes? The heart is always deceitful and desperately wicked. Above all things, who can know it? Uh, so recognize some people, so your mom, I'm, I, that, that's, that's tremendous that she did that. Some folks have tried to take that avenue in order to kind of get out of giving part of their paycheck. I'm going to tithe some of this and some of that and some time and this and that and everything and then the paycheck. And, and you know, when people start playing games, now their heart is totally wrong. You've lost the whole, the whole idea of putting God first. It's not about a legal system. We're not to be legalistic about this, to use that word. Uh, but the point is to put God first. And, it, and if it sounds like your mom's heart was in the right place. She wanted to have, uh, uh, you know, a, a part of everything that she gave go back uh, to him. And that, that's, that's phenomenal. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's, that's a blessing. Yeah, good question as well. Well, let's ask some questions from this morning as uh, we, we look at wealth in general. <clears throat> what should be the Christian's attitude toward wealth? Is it more spiritual to be poor? Is it spiritual to be wealthy? What should be our, our idea here, our attitude toward wealth, poverty? Yes, sir. Yeah. Because the Lord only gives you what he feels that you can deal with. Some right. people can deal with more things than other people. He don't give you more than you can chew. Yep. And it's just every week, like I said before, it's just, you know, sure everybody wants to get, move on in life and have good things in life to provide for their family and their kids, but the top priority is if you ain't growing spiritually and growing with the Lord, Good. Yeah. Comes first, and then ask him for the number one love and the guidance to show me what I need to do to have the Holy Spirit guide you in what you need to do to do the right thing for Him to be pleasing to the Lord. Amen. Yeah, faithfulness and contentment was the first of the four application points I had this morning. Um, uh, what were were they now? But yeah, stay focused on faithfulness and contentment was the first application point. Uh, so yeah, to have, have that focus of contentment. But as far as our attitude toward wealth in general, uh, again, as I mentioned this morning, it's not more spiritual to be poor, and it's not more spiritual to be wealthy, yet churches that believe both. If you're really wealthy, you're blessed by God. If you're poor, oh, something's wrong with you. We'll pray for you, buddy. You need to get your act together so you can be wealthy like us blessed people. Uh, so don't, do you, we don't want to go either direction. But other churches, it's, if you have wealth, you must be carnal and reprobate, you know. Only poor people have the, have the Lord. That's not the point. Uh, it, there are spiritual poor people and there are spiritual rich people. Uh, the issue is the heart of the matter. Um, so let's talk about this. What are some, some potential stumbling blocks that come with riches and how should we guard against them? What are the potential stumbling blocks that come with riches or wealth and how should we guard against them? Idolatry, others, other, other, uh, yes? You can take your time because you, you buy things, the more things you have, and, and like Solomon said, it's the desire of the eyes, but, but you've got to insure things or you worry about getting stolen or robbed or whatever. Yeah, and, that's and a great point. Time, the more things you have, the more upkeep, the more energy, the more you're thinking about it. You're right. Many of us we're, are maybe strapping ourselves to this and this and this and this and this, 
and we're not freed up to do other things because we've got so many other concerns. Very good. Idolatry, things. Megan? Oh, 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 okay. So, in other words, having the, the young ones not having to learn how to work. That's a good point. Yeah, sure. Not appreciating work, just everything's taken for granted. Yep, very good. Pete? Uh, two things. One would be when, we, when a person has riches, it's easy to depend upon those. There it is. Very good. Pride, self-dependence, excellent. Other stumbling blocks, yes? Can keep you away from fellowship and coming to church. True. You have money, you want to spend money, you have toys, you want to play with toys, uh, you know. Talking about selling our uh, campsite. Mm. Because last summer we were there a lot. Instead of Over the weekend? There. Okay, yeah, I see. Yeah, those are... Those are things. Yeah, the cabin up north is great, but if you're up at the cabin up north every single Sunday, you know, that's, that's a problem or, or a campsite, whatever. Very good. Another stumbling block? I had an evangelist come to our church that used to be in radio, and he knew all, because of he was a big wig in the radio scene, he's also hobnobbing with entertainers different people like that, and he personally knew the guy that played on Seinfeld, the short guy, George, I think his character's name is, and golf with him all the time, and the guy just one time was very quiet, the guy that played George, can't remember his real name, he says, and the guy says, the evangelist guy says, what's the matter? He says, you know, I'm jealous of you, I just heard you take a phone call from your wife, and she was concerned if you were being hungry later, and hmm. how your day was going, and, and you're golfing. I mean, how, it can't get any better than this, you know? Hmm. <laughs> she was still, didn't, she wasn't pestering you. She just, what do you want to eat tonight when you come home? And he says, I'm jealous. He says, I got a check right now on my counter at home for $10 million. It's not cash. So I don't need it. But anytime anyone wants to be a friend with me, I'm skeptical of their intentions. Mm-hmm. I can't have true friends. Yeah. I don't trust anybody. He says, he says, I'm jealous. You have something I'll never have. Yeah. That's something. Yeah, there's things that money cannot buy and sometimes it can it can bring with it as as uh what did what uh the one verse um oh where was it? They that will to be rich fall into temptation and some in a snare. Verse 76, there it is. Um, and have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. <laughs> Sometimes you just bring a whole bunch of sorrows into your life that we really did not need. So there's a lot of potential stumbling blocks that come with riches. Uh, and if you're going to avoid those stumbling blocks, what is God going to be working on in you? Your character? What else? 
generosity, it's stuff in here, right? Your heart. He's going to be working on your inner man. And uh, uh, there's a guy who I know who is very wealthy, loves the Lord, and has been greatly used by the Lord. And, you know, sometimes you, you look at other people's ministries and what the Lord has enabled others to do, and you say, man, you know, why couldn't I do that? Why did the Lord not entrust me with that? Well, again, remember the verse, be faithful in the least, and he'll be faithful in much. Well, I got to know this guy a little bit better, and uh, again, I mean, incredible wealth, but incredible faithfulness. And he told me all about the crises that God had put him through. In other words, God didn't just give him a bunch of money and off he goes and everything's great. The guy had been through some stuff I would never want to go through. And I'll just tell you one thing. He died on the table, heart attack, in the hospital, pronounced him like dead for so many, couple of minutes or something. I don't know, Jason, how long people can stay dead. But he was like dead for a couple of minutes or whatever. His heart's not beating. And they brought him back. And I mean, his wife thought that was the end. His kids thought that was the end. And he comes back. And, uh, you know, the Lord did a lot of things in his life to make him realize life is qu quick and it's, it's a vapor and money's not everything. And, you know, he went through the ringer. And now he's just free to serve the Lord. And the money goes where God tells him to put it. He writes the check, sends it here, sends it there. Uh, so do you want to be that guy? You can be. All right. But are you, are you willing for the Lord to take you down the path that you may need to go down for him to see you as faithful? Uh, well, hopefully we're willing for whatever God wants, but um, don't, don't be envious of other people. And don't think that somebody else has it better than you. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know their journey that, that God has had to take them on to prove them. So there are definitely some stumbling, stumbling blocks that come with riches, and we guard against those things by focusing on the areas of the heart, the greed, the self-dependence, the covetousness, and so forth, and, and make sure that we are being a faithful steward in the things that are the least. Nurturing generosity helps guard against these stumbling blocks. There are also, though, some stumbling blocks that come from poverty, Okay, uh, again, sometimes people spiritualize poverty. Uh, and sometimes, okay, so we spiritualize poverty and then we demonize riches. Then we have a building program and wish everybody had money. <laughs> it's like, we got to make sure we're consistent in churches here how we preach about money. Uh, give, give, give. Preacher, you told me I shouldn't have money to be able to give. And now you want me to give. What in the world? I don't know what to do here. Uh, we got to be, we, if we just preach it consistently, it all adds up all the way along. Um, but with poverty, yeah, there's certainly uh, come some temptations there, temptations toward discontent and temptations toward not being able to meet your responsibilities. The Bible says if you don't provide for your house, what? Worse than an infidel. And every one of you knew that too, by the way. That's like, boom. Um, so God, God has some things to say about both of these extremes. And, and, and so there are definitely some stumbling blocks there. And one of the stumbling blocks of poverty is frustration. Lifelong frustration that I can't provide what my kid needs. I can't make my spouse uh, comfortable. I can't 
give to this missionary. I can't give to this project. My heart yearns to give to this certain project over here. I can't do what I want to do. And that's where we need to recognize again, I believe God's not for either of these, well, he's not for extremes. But he wants us to, he wants us to have that heart that is freed to be able to serve, to take care of our responsibilities, to be able to uh, uh, be ready when God says, go here, you're able to go. God says, give here, you can give there. It's not, hey, Lord, I'd love to give to that, but I got to pay off two credit cards first. Well, if that's what you have to do, then do it. That's great. Do that. But I'd rather not even have to say, Lord, give me some time to pay off these two, two, two credit cards. I'd rather just be there, right? Wouldn't you? Uh, so there's stumbling blocks on both sides. But let me ask you this one. How does freedom relate to wealth? And what is God's expectation for the believer on this matter? Freedom and wealth. We had some things on the screen today about that. But how does freedom relate to wealth? Go back to my notes and find uh, that quote. So I said it this way this morning. Financial freedom, I'm sorry, wealth is the financial freedom to invest one's time, energy, and resources into the things that matter most. It's on the screen. And I like this quote. And it's not original with me, uh, but I've, I've been helped by it as I've thought about it. Wrote it down in my journal a long time ago. And it helps me um, to guard against my own heart because I can pursue riches for carnal reasons like anybody else and just be covetous. But that's not the goal. Riches is not the goal. My own pleasures or whatever is not the goal. The goal is the freedom to do what God's called me to do. The goal is the freedom to be able to pour myself into my God-given priorities. God-given responsibilities, God-given calling, God-given passion. How cool is that? Many of us can, maybe all of us, can tell stories in our life where we went through seasons of incredible frustration because all of our time, all of our energy, and all of our resources went into doing stuff we hated. Can anybody relate to that? And you just feel like, my life is being sucked from me. Opportunities are being sucked from me and my kids are growing up and life is moving on and I want to do these things that I'm passionate about. Not just a selfish passion, a God-given passion. That's what I'm talking about. These God-given responsibilities. I want to throw my whole heart and soul into this, but there's this thing called money and I don't have it. And I can't get to where I want to go. Well, don't, don't approach it carnally and say, I'm just going to get money. Look out. Now you're already off in left field. You're already going to be taking the wrong direction. Seek freedom. Jesus came to give us freedom. I read you those verses this morning. Uh, he came uh, to give us the truth. The truth would set us free. We'll be free indeed. If the Son, therefore, shall make, shall make you free, you should be free indeed. Um, I pray, I don't pray for money. I don't pray for riches. I pray, Lord, help me to be free to do what you've called me to do. 
Help me to have enough time. Free up my time. Free up my energy. We only have so much energy. When I was a kid, I just took energy for granted. <laughs> it's like, why is grandma so tired? Well, you know, now I've hit 40 and I, I'm definitely understanding. Wow, energy is not this limitless reservoir. Uh, you know, we do need to use it wisely. Boy, to have the freedom, to have the energy and the time and the resources to take care of the family, to take care of the ministry, to pursue these God-given things, that we need to get excited about. When you dream, don't just dream about what the world could dream about. Oh, that yacht. Or, oh, that this or this. Dream about, dream along the lines of the God-given passions He's given you. And then seek to pray toward those things and to see yourself freed up to be able uh, to, to move that direction. Any thoughts that you guys have on freedom as it relates to wealth? Yes, sir. There's a guy on the radio that takes calls and questions about personal finance, Dave Brandt's mm -hmm. And he teaches, he's a Christian, mm -hmm. but it's not a preaching program. He, he uses Proverbs a lot. He told about some people related to him that picked up on his principles. Couldn't have done that. If you couldn't hear that, Craig just said, mentioned the Dave Ramsey program, which we've used in this church. We've used Dave Ramsey's program here a couple of times, maybe three times now. Uh, but there's a couple that called in and uh, they were able to share about how they were able to give a $600 gift to a pregnant mom who needed the money. And they couldn't have done that earlier in their life when they were just totally shackled with their own debts. It's exciting to be able to be in a place where you can do those sorts of things uh, uh, and be able to say, God, there's a need. Do you want me to meet that need? The Lord gives you peace to meet that need and you're able to meet a, a need. Boy, uh, that's neat. That's freedom. Again, we got to keep our heart in the right place because freedoms, our flesh loves to exploit. Our flesh can take freedom and pervert it and now we're using our freedoms for this indulgence and that indulgence and all of that. So remember, with freedom comes huge responsibility. But let's not throw out freedom, right? Let's not throw out wealth and provision. 
Uh, you know, like I said this morning, TVs can have bad movies, so we're done with TVs. Refrigerators, uh, uh, microwaves look like TVs, so we're done with microwaves. Uh, that's just, that's obviously, that's tongue-in-cheek, right? But sometimes we do that. Money can cause a heart problem. I'm done with money. It's going to be poor. No, let's seek the Lord's, uh, the, 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 the Lord to give us victory in our heart so that we can be used of God in these ways. I want freedom for myself, and I want freedom for our church in every area, but specifically our topic this morning and tonight is freedom in the matter of finances. Uh, any other thoughts on that? I've got a couple more questions before we're done if you don't have. All right. Um, so <clears throat> a couple of these I'm just going to rush through. The chief goal of any steward, any good steward, ought to be to be faithful and content. Uh, but that's not it. It doesn't stop there. When you're faithful and content, now let's be responsible, industrious, hardworking, uh, studious, discerning, right? Uh, but to start with faithfulness and contentment where you're at. You got to have a starting spot. And that's where it starts. Be faithful and content where God has you, and then let him bring you forward in your industriousness for him. Um, let me ask you guys this. How can a believer harness wealth without becoming harnessed by it? That's well, open-ended question. Very open-ended. But is there something there? I'm thinking of one thing specifically, but maybe something that you're thinking of. How can you harness wealth, make it work for you without being harnessed by it? Because it is a, a bit of a two-edged sword. The love of money can just grab you. Yes. Accountability? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, accountability is great. Absolutely. Tell somebody what God is doing in your heart and be accountable. Pete? I like what you said this morning about being a channel rather than a reservoir. Let the money flow through mm. rather than it. Yes. Yes. And we need wisdom on these things from the Lord because you can't give to every single project. And God doesn't want you to give to every project, but he will give you specific wisdom. You can seek him and trust him to be a channel, not a reservoir. It's good. Something else here, how can we harness wealth without becoming harnessed by it? Uh, oh, Lindsay, sorry. <laughs> Discipline. Discipline. Yep, excellent. Jeff? Keep Christ, Keep Christ at the center. Absolutely. And one thing I mentioned this morning, and it's really my fourth point as well, but um, giving. Giving keeps you honest. Uh, having a spirit of generosity. Uh, that's, that was my, my final question. Why is, it, why is it of utmost importance that believers nurture a spirit of generosity? It's not just because of the people that need to be blessed by you, but it's important for you to stay usable. If, you're, if you don't have a spirit of generosity, eventually you, you, you dam up, the, 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 the channel gets dammed up, and you become a reservoir. Uh, you have to nurture that spirit of generosity. Celebrate it with your kids. 
celebrate it with your grandkids. They need to think that it's the greatest thing on earth, giving, all right? I mean, there's, there's a lot of great things on earth, but when your kid has the desire to give to somebody or give to church or whatever, encourage that, that heart. Uh, yep. Yes. Yeah, be willing. I'm glad you mentioned that. Be willing to talk to your kids about your finances. That might be very uncomfortable for some of you. But it's good to tell them when it's tight. It's not a bad reflection on you, Dad. Like, oh no, Dad, Dad didn't provide for the family. I'm not going to let the kids know. The kids probably already know. They already know it's tight. They haven't been having what they're used to or whatever. Just Dad, tell them it's tight. And we're going to trust God together. And then God gave. And Look what God did, and now we're going to give and do it together as a family. The last thing I want to mention before we're out of time here, we can take a couple minutes on this. Um, I could have spent the whole time on this one, so maybe I should have started with it. Oh, no, whatever. What are the pitfalls of debt, and how can they be avoided? The pitfalls of debt. Yes, sir. Yeah. And what are some of the pitfalls, though, when you do get invo- involved in it and become a slave or whatever? What, yeah, you're owned? What is, what, how, how, yes? It's harder to reach in your pocket and take cash out. A lot harder than, than it is to put a card down on it. Right. On a card. Yeah. And it's so easy to spend when you're going to use that card. Yeah. So it's easier to spend, he said, when it, with a card than it is cash. And that, there's statistics on that. That's, that's fact. The stats say that you'll spend more, you'll spend less with cash than you will with a card. But when you get spending that card and you get into all kinds of debt, and you're not able to keep up with the payment. You're barely making the, the minimum payment. And the 27% is just compounding and compounding and compounding. What are some of those pitfalls now? Now, now where do we find ourselves? Yeah, living in the past of the future. And we're also, we got a couple things on our hands, right? Got some handcuffs on. And I want to do this. I can't. And I want to go there. I got a ball and chain. Come on, MasterCard. Ah, get over here. And this is how we're serving the Lord. We're trying to serve the Lord and help people. And we're, we're all tied up. And I hate that feeling. And, and, and if you're there, I sympathize with you. Because I have, I have certainly had times where I... Thankfully, the Lord's given victory, and it's been a long time since I've experienced this through the glory of God, but I have, I've been there where it's just a frustration because I want to serve here, I want to do this, I want to be able to do that, and I can't. I owe this person and that card company or whatever. Now, the, the, the conviction my wife and I have had in the, as far as con, uh, credit cards is in our whole marriage, ever since we got married, we've never not paid off our balance in full at the end of the month. Uh, there maybe was one time I forgot, but it was, a, it was a oops. And then I set up the reminder thing. That's why I'd always do it. But we've always paid our balance at the end of every month. And we let uh, them pay us. So I get all these cash rewards and so forth. This is, again, harness wealth 
rather than being harnessed by it. So I get cash rewards on this card and the cash reward on that card or points or whatever. And some of the folks in our church are really good with that, getting airline miles and hotel miles and all this stuff. You guys are amazing. I'm trying to learn this stuff. But that's what we'd call harnessing wealth rather than being harnessed by it. That's wise. Uh, Jesus commends that. Uh, but when, you, when we get into debt, the biggest pitfall is what, what Kevin said, now we're, we're not free. We're a servant. Uh, I want to be able to give to the missionary who comes through, but I can't because I have all these obligations. And I, I tell you one thing that excites me, honestly, truthfully, as excited as I am about the prospect of us building the Family Ministry Center, I'm even more excited about the prospect of, of having our entire church debt-free and financially free to serve the Lord. I, I'm not, honestly, if, if we were all 100% free, there is no worry about building a gym. That's, you know, there's no worry about taking care of the needs of our church. Uh, most churches struggle with whatever they need to do because we're not where we need to be. And uh, when Roy Russell was here several years ago to do that financial seminar, he preached on finances, then he, he used my office. You remember that? He borrowed my office and did one-on-one uh, -on -one appointments with all you folks, not all of you, but some of you weren't here. But he met with so many of our folks and went through all of their finances. That was an amazing time for our church. And then I got to follow up with all the folks who, who wanted to talk to me afterwards. And boy, oh boy, we began individually to get uh, set the right direction. Folks got out of debt that had been swimming in debt. Uh, people began to be free to, 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 to give as they wanted to be able to free, be freed up to give. Great things happened. Uh, but sometimes uh, until... We, we just take, make that decision. Uh, we just accept the status quo and, and just let it continue to be a, a frustrating experience. If you need help with the matter of debt, uh, I'd love to talk to you. Hand in hand with debt comes spending. And some of us are spenders and some of us are not. Um, I am more of a spender. My wife is definitely not. And uh, that was probably one of the best things that the Lord gave me and my wife is she doesn't spend my money. <laughs> you know? No, I'm not. She does spend money, but she's just not a spender. Uh, I'm the one. And so we have rules. Ah, I'm getting convicted. Uh, I'm supposed to talk to her about any purchase over so much. Sometimes I forget. Ah. Uh, but yes, these are good things to do though. Talk to your spouse and say, okay, look, if it's not filling up the gas tank, which you got to do, you know, don't call me to tell me you're filling up the gas tank. Just fill up the gas tank. Uh, but if it's something that's not in the budget over this amount, I will call you or we'll, we will talk about it. It's a good rule to have. That's been helpful for us, and it helps us to just check that impulse. Uh, some folks are stress spenders. Life gets stressful. We go spend money. Um, some people are stress eaters. Okay, others are stress spenders. Uh, if that's your, your, your situation, talk to me. I'd love to help you out that. There's a way through that. Some folks just spend money when they're bored. I was with some folks and we had just finished. Um, yeah, I got to be careful because you know these folks. Not from here, but uh, some of you would know these folks. And um, we had just finished uh, 
a gathering and a lot of presents were opened and a lot of money had been spent on this gathering and we're cleaning up and sitting down and everyone's just kind of tired. And then grandma says, as we're just kind of zoning out. Grandma says, uh, not my grandma, but the grandma who was there. She looks around. Let's go spend money. <laughs> she grabbed her purse and, I, and it was like, hey, let's go, grandma. <laughs> Get in the cars and go. She was bored. She was bored. Let's go spend money, right? And uh, we laugh at that. That's, that's like, that's the American way. And, uh, you know, we get ourselves into all kinds of trouble. There's some habits we need to work through and bring under biblical uh, principles. And this will help us to be free. Um, I want you to be free in your marriage without this debt burden between you. I want you to be free in your family without this guilt that I'm not able to provide for my kid because I've got all this. I want you to be free in ministry to be able to give where God prompts you. And I'm telling you, I told you this this morning. I'll say it again. I'm not after your money. I'm not. I'd preach this a different way if I was. I really meant what I said this morning. I would love for everybody to be involved in that Sacrifice Sunday offering. But there are some here that, that, that may not be ready for that. There may be some other needs that you need to get uh, in biblical uh, parameters, how else do I say that? Um, have the biblical priorities, get, get things in line and, and recognize it is a privilege to give. If I'm shackled with debt, I'm not able to give like I want to give. So folks, let's get out of debt and let's be uh, in that place of financial freedom where God can use us. Again, to invest one's time, energy, and resources into the things that matter most. God's will, God's plan for our lives. Lord, thank you for this time of discussion and application. Help us, Lord, to be wise stewards, faithful stewards. Help us, Lord, to put you first in all things. I pray that in all things you'd have the preeminence. Lord, would you help each family, each individual, each young couple, each older couple, Everybody in between, Lord, we pray that each one would experience the blessing and wealth that you would have for them and the freedom, the freedom financially to be able to do what you've called them to do. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, folks. Appreciate you being here and appreciate your discussion tonight. It's a blessing.